Hi, this is Ronnie Ann Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. To learn more about intuitive coaching with me or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoy the show, please rate it or write a review and subscribe and share it with a friend. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. And now, on with the show! Do you have a big decision that you're struggling with? Or do you have trouble making decisions? Or maybe you just want confirmation that you're headed in the right direction and made the right choice. Well, I've created a special gift for you called How to Ask the Universe for a Sign. In this free half-hour audio program, you're going to learn exactly how to ask the question, how to set everything up so that you can get an answer within 24 hours and finally know one way or another what you should be doing about a particular situation. This has worked so well for me. I'm happy to share it with you. To listen, just go to it's never too late dot biz slash sign. So that's N-E-V-E-R-T-O-O-L-A-T-E dot B-I-Z slash S like in Sam, I-G-N. It's a simple tool to use that offers amazing and wonderful results. On today's episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with C.K. Kelly Collins. She is the author of the book called The Swipe Right Effect, but it's not about dating, but you can only imagine why I had to hear more about this. If you're feeling stuck like Kelly was after experiencing a significant loss five years ago, she decided to search for a new life, new joy, and new love. She chose to do the hard work to heal and found a new path to empowerment. And that's what Swiping Right is all about. Kelly is an award-winning publisher. She sold her company and retired. She decided that travel feeds the soul and grows the heart and mind, so she embarked on a fabulous travel sabbatical to write her book. Let's have a warm welcome for Kelly. Hi. (laughs) Hey. You know, I've been a dating coach for over 20 years. I'm not doing that right now, but did you find love again? (laughs) I did fall in love once, but it didn't work out and I'm still looking. I've had a couple of longer term relationships, but I'm still looking for love. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, the thing about love after we'll say 50 is that um, it's a lot less encumbered because you don't have to worry if he's going to be a good provider or all that kind of old fashioned having babies. It's no longer the crisis that it was when we were young. So you can really start to meet men as who they are. Are they good people? Do you share values? Do they make you laugh? Do they treat you well? Do you feel good when you're around them? Can you have fun together? To me, amen. Yeah, it's just amen so much. It just becomes more basic. I yes. think that helped for people who are brave enough to get out there. And I know so many women who are terrified and they can't be uh, hurt again and they can't face rejection. And I've dealt with so many women who went through my whole program and then decided not to date. And I was like, oh my God, you're missing out because there's some good guys out there still. Totally. And that's any, any people. Yeah. <laughs> and 
there's an adventure to it. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It gets you out of your comfort zone. It gives you good stories to tell. That's how I looked at my dating journey anyway. But all right, so (laughs) let's talk about the swipe right effect, the power to get unstuck. Tell me a little bit about that. This book really just came as a pay it forward from all of my friends and the love, my family too, the advice that they gave me and the patience and kindness and love. And, and it was really just as I traveled in all those wonderful places, I was very blessed to get to go everywhere that I really wanted to that year. I started thinking about basically started a gratitude practice and I started thinking about the advice that had been given to me and I kind of reflected and like, where was I when that happened and how sweet they were when they told me that thing and <laughs> how it really changed my life. And, you know, that when you can have a pivot in attitude or a pivot in your heart opening up instead of closing down, then it really is life-changing. So every chapter in the book is where I was at that time that they gave me the advice. And of course we talk about the advice. And then I interviewed each of my friends. And so every chapter is a different piece of advice and a different friend. And they really shared their stories as well. So it's kind of like 10 memoirs in one. Oh, <laughs> they, how uh, interesting. Yeah, it's fasc- well, they're fascinating. They're incredible women, incredible. You're lucky you got good advice because I'll tell you this, back when I was 40 and I was dating and looking for my husband and my life partner, I got some seriously bad advice Mm. from women who thought they actually knew something about men. And I can tell you right now, no, they did not. (laughs) so, (laughs) So much of what I learned through the dating process that I put towards my coaching and all the stuff that I revealed and share with women were all the bad mistakes I made along the way based on really bad advice. So I'm thrilled to hear that your friends had good advice and you have friends for different reasons, right? Some friends, maybe you play golf with, or you go shopping with, you go to lunch with. Some friends are really reflective and empowered in their life, and they understand things from that bigger perspective, and they can give you insights. Some friends just want to gossip and, you know, hang out and go to a movie and eat popcorn or whatever. You know, we have different friends for different reasons. At least that's how I look at it. Everybody can't be the same. Right. Different reasons and different seasons, you know, I Yeah. You know, I have friends that really weren't there for me during or after the divorce, but, you know, they were great friends before. And, you know, in the community that we live in, we talk about this in the book a little bit, it was mostly suburban area. And so there was all these families. There was very few divorced women that stayed. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's an expensive area. And so typically the couples would move out of the area. Sometimes they would stay. And so, I mean, I moved to the next town over when I got divorced. It was easier for me to not be present in the place, feel like I'm living my old life kind of thing. Yeah. It was hard for us to be in the same situation with all the couples and you're just sticking out like a sore thumb. And and I have a lot of empathy for that, but I recognize that my friends were right when they were telling me, you do have to work on yourself. You have to work on yourself. And that's so true. what that swipe right effect is. The swipe right effect is about swiping right for yourself. I realized looking back when I was thinking about that, I was kind of building this book in my head how stuck I had been. And then then you start realizing there's different stages of stuck, just like there's different stages of grief. You know, you have your anger stage, your denial stage, your your negotiation stage. And yeah. 
there's all kinds of things that that come up and I just think different friends you know maybe maybe it was just a conversation we had a different time but different friends gave me different advice and the married people couldn't advise me on dating that had to be my single friends some of them are from hiking like when I was in Spain and I met these people and they just said something to me that just like wow you know it and it's light bulb aha moments Yes. And I, I'm, I know how lucky I am to have to been able to travel and meet all of these incredible people. That's why I wanted to share it because not everybody is in a situation where they have access to friends, or maybe there's just a few people around them that are not their friends. And, you know, there's not always travel available to people. So that's why I wanted to write this book and, and share the advice. I think that one of the things that shocked me the most when I got married were all the girlfriends who dumped me because I was married. I knew my married, my girlfriends as they got married dumped me because their life was different. I understood that, but it never, never occurred to me that my single friends, when I changed my status, would stop calling me or stop wanting to get together with her. Well, we don't want to bother you with their husband. I'm like, I'm not glued to the hip. We got yeah. married as adults. <laughs> he has a life. I have a life. What are you talking about? It was so shocking to me. And I was really devastated by the people who abandoned me because- I don't know. They didn't want to deal with the fact that I found love and they didn't or whatever their reason was. Probably combination. Yeah. And I yeah, think so. that, I think that's why it's important to choose yourself as you go. Like you did, you said, I have, I have my love and I have my husband, but I also have a life. That's the, if there is beautiful things that come out of divorce, sure. that's one of them. I mean, that you realize I do have to have a life myself. I'm actually more interesting and more attractive. I'm happier if I have my own life. Yes. That's actually attractive to men. It's not that you're fawning over them. It's not that you're devoting yourself to them. I think the more we become all about them, the less attractive and less interesting we are. So true. Because the last thing you want to do is rely on a man to fill the hole in your life. That is a recipe for disaster and unhappiness. Mm and expectations that could never be filled. Because I get married sort of in midlife, I knew better than to make my husband my only focus. That would never work. But we have a solid marriage. We've been married a long time. So I think that's because I didn't put pressure on him to be my best friend and my everything and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. That's just how I look at things. So let's really talk about what does swipe right mean? Does that mean like, when you swipe right, you're choosing somebody on an online dating on app. On an right? app. Yes, on so a dating what, app. So what you're saying is, I chose myself. So let's really break that down. What does that mean? When I first separated and got divorced, I jumped right into dating. I didn't take, they say it now, take a minute. I needed to take a minute. And I didn't. I jumped right in because I'm not beating myself up. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, there there's betrayal on the other side. And so I was just kind of felt like I had something to prove. I would love if people learned from me. Don't, even if that is the case and you do feel like you have something to prove, still take the time to work on yourself. So when you choose yourself, you're going to work on a vision for your future. You want to make sure you're looking in the mirror every day and saying, I love you to yourself. How important. That <laughs> because so you important. have to love yourself before you can let someone else love you. And yes. it may sound trite to people, but I'm telling you, I lived it. I tried to go out and date before I loved myself and it didn't work. You don't meet and, the kind of quality men that you mm-hmm. want to meet because you are resonating at a lower level. And hence you end up with men who are, don't have the same emotional 
intelligence that you're looking for. It's exactly. not like they're bad men. They're just not the kind of men that you really want long-term, but you had to elevate your own self and create a life. I mean, I know that's what's really hard for women who get divorced at any time in life, but especially later in life. And also for women who become widows, because I mean, the idea of starting all over, I'm sure is terrifying, but it's also an amazing adventure full of potential and new things and happiness that you never dreamed of. So that's why when I, I mean, I didn't just provide the advice. I, I really compiled all these different practices in the book. I call them empowerment practices. And as a coach, you know what this is, right? And it's create a vision board, create a self-love mantra, learn how to reframe things like that oh. neuro, NLP, you know, neuro-linguistic yeah. programming. And you have to learn how to stop looking at something and just having a, a knife pierce your chest. You know, it, yeah. it just hurts every time you think about it. You have to learn how to reframe something in the, in the mindset of, okay, this is what I learned and now I can move on. And I think just as something as simple as writing down what makes you happy. And that's one of my favorite things in the book because it's simple, but it's powerful is a vision board. And the vision board for me, I never could do the cut pictures out of a magazine and put it on a poster. That was just not me. And somebody said to me, woman I met from Sweden on my hike in Spain. And she said, take out your phone. And I was like, okay. <laughs> She's like, open your notes app. Like, okay. She's like, now start writing down words that make you happy. I was like, okay. She's like, it can be a, something to do. It can be something like to eat someplace you like to go. And so I was like, okay, I like running in a new city. I like traveling with my kids. I want to date a guy who likes dogs. <laughs> you know, I like morning sex. I like when somebody kisses me behind my ear and, and it just kind of started getting a little more intensely personal. And I started being able to picture myself getting kissed behind the ear. Nice. I could picture myself being happy, getting hugged from behind, whatever was on that list. I share that list in the book because it starts off like running in a new city and ends up with morning sex. I mean, it's a way to start revisualizing your life. And when you, you know, what happens when you start doing that, you know, you stop thinking about the past and you start yes. looking towards the future. So there's empowerment practices in all 12 chapters. I don't really get to dating until about chapter 10. Because I want you to think about your anger. I want you to think about your pain. I want you to think about what does it look like to be able to say you could be right instead of saying, how dare you have done this to me? Well, maybe you have something to face and something to take responsibility for. And it's really hard to think about that and get through that until maybe you've done some other things. And so sure. I always say I kind of start slow in the beginning and then we ramp it up all the way to forgiveness. <laughs> And then we start talking about dating because then, you know, you do the work and you get happy and fall in love with yourself. Look how great you are. Look how great you are. Yeah. But if you don't choose, if you don't choose yourself, if you don't choose to make an action or do a vision board or whatever you want to do, whatever makes you feel like that that's worth taking the first step, then you stay right where you are. And I always say it's in the choice. You have so much power and your power is in your choice. Yeah, that is just, I mean, truer words were never spoken. That's really, <laughs> really powerful. It's hard because when you feel like a victim, you have no power at all. And it's totally understandable how that would be upsetting to people and they could get stuck there. I've worked with women who have been married <laughs> three times mm -hmm. and they're embarrassed and horrified and whatever. And I'm like, you know, I don't look at it like that. To me, you had one relationship. 
and you learned stuff and that didn't work out. And then you moved on and you went on to another one where you learned stuff and you probably progressed or whatever, and you learned what you didn't like, and then you moved on. And today I'm not in favor of having three or four marriages. That's not what I'm promoting, but I'm just saying when that happens, I think that's what today is all about. Things are constantly changing. And we have to grow and move and reshape ourselves. We have to pivot and change and address new things that crop up in a way that has, I don't know that it's ever happened this rapidly before. When I talk to people, I'm like, how many people do you know have had the same job their whole life? How many people have lived in the same house? How many people have changed careers more than once? We don't live the life that our parents lived where they had one job and they lived in one house and they had one marriage, good or bad. It's not what life is like today. No, there's so many more choices. And I, and if you look at it instead of I've moved 14 times and this is awful to look how many amazing places I've been given the opportunity to live. And now I get to choose where I want to live because it's just me and I, nothing is affected by my choices. And I can choose to move closer to my children. I can, I can choose to go live by a beach. I can, it took a lot of work and a lot of doing these empowerment practices to get to the yeah. point where I could see clearly And I think, you know, going back to what you were just saying about the woman who's been married three times, one of the most important, and I'm not kidding when I say I sat there and cried for three hours while I wrote this this chapter, but my chapter on forgiveness, and I talk about the process that I went through to forgive my ex-husband. And at the end, I was like, this is not done because I had to talk about forgiving myself. And, And I stayed in a situation where I was extremely unhappy. I felt unloved. There were all these bad things going on and I allowed it to happen. I stayed. I was so mad at myself about that. Like, look at the time I wasted. I had this whole thing where I just had to look back at, you know, there's this now Kelly, the enlightened Kelly, somebody who believes she can manifest an amazing future and is, has, and is. And this, this other Kelly who wanted to be a good, faithful wife. And I have to love her for who she was. Yeah. She's gone, <laughs> except in my memory and, and in my children's memory. But I, I love who she was trying so desperately hard to be. But that's not who I am now. When I wrote that chapter, I was writing about forgiving myself. I love you. I forgive you. I release you and let you go be happy, New Kelly. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know. you know, that's incredible step forward. And not easily done, but I totally know what you mean because I had to forgive myself for getting to be 40 and still single. And how was it that I never met anybody? And eventually I had a friend tell me that I was really not open. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not open? I talked to everybody about, she goes, no, you weren't open. I'm like, so that that was so shocking to me. Like, what do you mean I'm not open? I don't even know what you're talking about. So I had to learn about all of that stuff and then forgive myself for the things I did because my boyfriend in college broke my heart and I carried around that stupid torch for how many years? It's so ridiculous, but that's what I did. But on the other hand, that's what makes us who we are today. And that's what makes us so fabulous is that we picked ourselves up and we moved forward. Lots of people have done this and lots more can do it. People show up who need to do this all the time. So we're just trying to encourage women, right? You can have fun. You can find yourself. You can enjoy life again. You Mm -hmm. can recreate everything and it doesn't all have to be hard. 
Some right. of it can actually be enjoyable. Right. And then sometimes, you know, it's hard that it takes going through hard things. I was so focused on my three kids and my husband and my company. You know, I built this company and I was so proud of it. And it was a huge part of the community. And I loved that I had that, you know, my ego was tied to that company. My ego yeah. was tied to being a good wife. My ego was tied to being a good mother. Yeah. And I had not only were my, you know, my kids were gone and they're becoming women themselves and I'm so proud of them, you know, but then my, my wifedom was gone. And then I had to sell my company because of the divorce. Well, I made the decision and have to, I made the decision to sell it. I literally am losing one identity after another. Mm. And finally, somebody clicked in my head. Well, what if all this happened so that you could go on to do much greater things? What yeah. if you're supposed to do something bigger than you can even possibly dream right here at this moment? What if your husband had that affair? And this is what it means is that you go on to help people or you go on to write a book, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. To free yourself uh, from the unhappy marriage that you were in, that you, his mistake, we'll call it, actually led to you freeing yourself and restarting your life. When you get to a point where you're feeling healthy about it, you can go, I didn't like it, but thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm learning. I'm still learning because I'm adding to it and changing it. But this gratitude practice I'm doing right now, like I list 10 things a day that I'm thankful for, nice. which is which is really easy. <laughs> you don't think it's going to be easy, but once you get in the practice of it, and I try to not repeat like things, yeah. except maybe my children, of course, but I put him on the top 10 on a regular basis. Thank you for the marriage that we had and the children that came from that. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. I'm, I'm grateful that we built a retirement together that let me be able to take a year off and try to take the last steps I will say it took me four years. It absolutely took me four years to kind of get through all of this. I don't feel like I even hit that final forgiveness stage until about a year ago. And it was heavy and I wanted to let it go. And it, it took something really sad happening for me to kind of take that final step. I was 98% happy, but there was this 2% that still hurt like hell every time I thought about what he did. Yeah. And it took me a friend dying and me seeing how short life is to just go, stop, just let it go. Just release that. You're happy. I think it's it's really hard for somebody, any, whether it's a man or a woman, when there's been betrayal, to not feel less than. And, and it just sucks. Being stuck in less than world. <laughs> It sucks. <laughs> Being stuck sucks, period. But it's amazing on the other side if you just give yourself a chance. And there's a lot of reasons why people end up in that less than place. I mean, maybe the coach, you didn't make the kind of money that other people, you didn't make the six figures and blah, blah, blah. Or in your career, you didn't get that final VP promotion. Or I mean, there's so many reasons we make ourselves wrong and make it start ourselves small and stop valuing ourselves. But hey, if we don't value ourselves, who's going to do it? Right. Exactly. That's important. But really knowing your value, knowing your worth, it's not the same as loving yourself. You can love yourself and still not understand your value and your worth. And I, I do think that that's a whole book. <laughs> that's a whole nother book. But, but I think you can begin to understand your value. You can start beginning to form your new self-worth after you love yourself. I still yeah. think loving yourself is truly the first step. 
you're really talking about a very deep journey Hmm. and one where you're getting to know the truth of who you are and reevaluating how you've looked at a lot of life. That personal discovery journey is hard work. When I was in my 20s, I started my spiritual journey. What I thought as somebody in my 20s was I thought, oh, this spiritual path, oh, you know, this will be great. And this will make my life so much easier because I can tune in to figure out what's the right Mm -hmm. thing or whatever. No, no, no. You, yeah, you can tune in, but (laughs) that doesn't mean it's going to be any easier. And sometimes I think it's harder. It's harder when you're aware because you don't just go bumping along. You have to sit and look at it and go, well, what is this? And what's my part in it? And what do I need to do about it? And And why is it that the right thing to do is always so darn hard? Right. And when you have a spiritual awakening and and I have, I I kind of, I am a Christian. I'm, I definitely morph in and out of the, what some people would call like a non-Christian spiritual practice. I do believe in manifestation. I do believe in the law of attraction. And I feel like to me, manifestation and prayer are very similar. I mean, I'm telling and asking the universe for, for what I need and want. I believe in the law of attraction and the, the reason I was able to get to a place of forgiveness and let my anger or my pain go. I kept calling it pain. Other people call it anger. (laughs) Apparently it looked like anger. What happened was somebody said to me, your pain is not hurting anyone else, but you. Yeah. It is a boomerang that is coming back to get you. And you say it's only 2% of you. Well, it's not going away and it's going to stay a boomerang until you let it go. And then she said, your pain is not hurting them. They're not paying any lesson or having any less of a life because you still have pain. And I just went, holy crap. (laughs) And that was a, that was a really big moment to me. She was teaching me about the law of attraction. And she asked me to listen to the, I was driving from Maryland to Boston and she's a very good friend. I was staying with her on the halfway point up from Nashville And she said, will you listen to the secret on the way home? And I just, I never listened to it before because I did, I thought that was like anti-Christian, but they talk about God like the whole time. And I, I just never did it because it felt like something icky to me. And it's so important to understand if you're sitting here stuck and, and sitting in pain, you're just bringing more and more and more to yourself. You have to make the choice to stop creating that for yourself. You have to make the choice to create something new. That It was such a game changer for me. Everything was different after that. Everything. Yeah. I felt like I had wings and I was already yeah. happy. I was already happy, but then it was just like, oh my God, I'm, I'm just, I can't lose now. You know, everything's going right. And it was just so, it was so good. And it was so sweet because it was a time when I was going into my daughter's wedding. And so it just made all the difference in the world and being able to relax and enjoy all of that with her and to almost just like be able to sit back and feel like a family again. And it's, I'm okay to be around him now. Wow. That's beautiful. It was beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, good for you. Look how far you've come. That's a beautiful thing. And I hope that your words and your practices and suggestions really do help those women who are ready, who want to start the journey and get rolling to reignite their lives and find themselves again and find the fun and find the joy and find the truth of who they are because you are not your pain. You are not your wounds unless you make that your only focus. 
Sometimes it's as simple as asking yourself, this is one of the most powerful questions I learned in coaching school. Is that what I want to be thinking about? Mm. Is this really what I want to be spending my time and energy on? Does this make me happy thinking about this? No, it does not. And so I learned about replacement thoughts and you pick replacement that you can pull out of your back pocket in a way. I go, what would I rather be thinking about? I want to think about the beach and the sun on my skin and my feet in the sand and the noise of the surf and the seagulls. And you can bring yourself right into this peaceful place. And chances are you're going to go right back into the misery. But the more you make the shift, the more you make that shift, the more you're going to get end up where you want to be rather than what you don't. So you got to focus on what you want. And that is what changes everything. So yes, yes. Any last words of wisdom, Kelly, you want to share? Riffing off what you just said, you know, it's a practice to do that. And it's it's not going to be like, okay, I say I forgive you and off I go into the happy blue yonder. It is a practice. I had to practice saying, I forgive you. I release you. I want you to be happy literally over and over again. And I tell that story in my book and I had to practice it and it began to work and now it's gone. Once you understand that and that even that practice of looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I love you, you are awesome, you are more than enough, then I think that you're making your step toward getting unstuck. You're you're taking that first step towards happiness, but don't do it once and think it's okay. You have to practice. Yeah, you got to keep after it. That's the way you change your focus. So fantastic. So do you have something free you would like to share with the listeners, Kelly? I do. I actually have a setup where people can read the preface and the first chapter free. You can find that on my website under references. And I also have a tip sheet called 10 Ways to Get Unstuck. And you can find that at 10waystogetunstuck.com. And you can download it for free. Well, Kelly, a total pleasure. Thank you for sharing the swipe right effect. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'll have your website and a link to the book in the show notes. Thanks again for being a great guest. Oh, thank you. It was so much fun. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Music